Praise God. It is exciting when we come before His Word and with His Spirit. You're looking to the Word, and yet the Spirit of the living God quickening that Word to you, helping you, showing you, illuminating you uh, in your heart, going up to your mind for things that we need. It's supernatural. Only God can do it. You can speak naturally and just talk out of our, you know, out of your head, but there's a difference between number one, speaking the word of God. Do you know when you're speaking the word of God, reading the word of God, that's God speaking. That was inspired. So when you're speaking it again and reading it, it is God speaking. And then the spirit of God coming on and anointing the preaching and teaching of the word, there's a punch there. He's bringing it to your heart, up to your mind to illuminate you as the words going forward. In other words, his words coming forth, that's truth. And then it's like a commentator speaking on that word and, and showing you how to apply that in your life. You ever seen, you know, commentaries in a book or commentaries, you know, maybe you have a DVD of a movie and then there's the director's commentary. Here's what's really going on here. Well, you have the author of this book in you. And so as the word is going forth, the spirit of God is saying, yeah, this, how, this is how this applies to that situation in your life. Here's what I want you to do here. And things are going on, being communicated spirit to spirit as the words going forth. Every person in here and every person that will hear this recording, if they're open to the spirit of God, is getting a custom tailored message right for them in real time at applicable to now, applicable to your situation. It's as if somebody is actually counseling you for what is coming up because that is what's happening. The Spirit of God is a person. He knows your situation better than you know, and he knows your future much better than you do. You may have some things that you think may happen. He knows what will happen. And so when he's speaking to you saying, here, I'd like you to do this, son, daughter. Hey, pay attention to this. He knows what's coming. And so he's prompting you. He's helping you for what's coming. So you can just, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll do that. And you just, that's why we pray that he would help us to see and help us to know and help us to understand. Because our hearts need to be open to him because he can help us to be in the right place at the right time. Always, 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 always. Hallelujah. He knows where your, what your children are like. He knows where they're going to go. He knows what they're going to look like in 30 years. There's no way, no matter how many books you read on parenting or child development or personalities, that you can know that. But he does. So he knows what you need now. You may not know what you need. You may have a glimpse, but he knows, hey, for this one, Tweak this a little bit, and boom, it makes all the difference. Why? Because God knows that child. Here, do this at work. This will help you. He knows what's going on behind the scenes. You understand there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Yes. Amen. If you've been around at all in a company, especially, you know, in management, there's a lot of stuff being talked about and going around that, you know, if you're, if you're just there doing a certain job, you don't hear and see. But let me tell you, there's a lot of stuff going on. Well, God sees all of it. He knows all of it. He knows what needs to happen. You can't go by what you just see and hear and feel. Definitely not. We need to go by what he's saying because he can see 
everything. And he'll deal with the heart of the issue, not with the superficial. You realize if you go by what you see or hear or just understand, you can miss it because that doesn't give you a full picture. In fact, it can deceive you. It can look one way, and that is not the way. It, it, people can say one thing, and that is not what's being said behind closed doors. There's perception what people want to be perceived. I'm not saying everybody's a liar, I, but I'm saying just people, just humans are humans. They have a nature, and you, we, what we have to understand is that we don't see everything. We don't understand everything. We might get a certain um, understanding or perception, but only God knows what is truly happening. And so we need to be led by the Spirit of God. We need to be led by His Word. We need to be led by His uh, prompting in his direction because he never misses it he anything that he's prompting us to do if it's him and by his word and by his spirit he can cut through all the stuff and even though you couldn't tell it from just natural you know uh senses he'll go right past that and deal with what is really happening amen relationships that you have only God knows people's hearts you may think well I really know him no you don't you do not know you don't know what's all in somebody's hearts but God does he knows exactly what is in everybody's heart that's why we're not to judge amen you can't you can't see everything we can't know everything but we can be led by God. He will help us. That's why it is so important when we are approaching the Word of God, when we're approaching looking to God, we need to be humble, we need to be open, we need to be ready to receive from Him because it can save your life. If we just go by what we see, then we are just like everybody else on the planet. But we're not supposed to walk like everybody else on the planet. We're supposed to, I mean, if we, if we just think about for a minute who we know in God, who He is, that He is our Father, not just in a religious term. If you believe He's your Father, what does a father do? He provides, he takes care, he directs, he guides, he sees danger. Does a good father say, oh, well, that thing's about to take you out. Oh, well, hope you make it into dinner, good, you know, and turn around. I've prepared you enough. Hopefully you're up to the test. Is that what a good father would do? No, he's good. If it's in his power, now I'm not saying he jumps in every time. Yeah, there are situations it's like, hey, you can handle this. But if there's true danger, somebody is going to be hurt. Does a good father go, eh? No. Let's see if they can take it. See how tough you are. No, he's going to do what he, what he can. Well, we need to look to him. What if, if we don't want to close our ears to him? If he knows, we want to look to him and say, Lord, 
I'm open to you because you know everything. So, Lord, you just show me. You guide me. You help me. You say something. I'm not going to go, eh, it's a good suggestion, but no. If he is trying to say, son, daughter, watch this. He is doing, he is saying, danger, danger. Eh, I don't see anything. That's a mistake. Don't walk by what we see. Feel God knows he can help. He can say, son, daughter, watch this. This, watch this. This, this, this. Is, there's something here. And your head can go, I don't see it. But your heart can be led by him. Amen. Praise God. So when we're approaching his word, by his spirit, what's going on when we are, 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 are pulling from him? It is supernatural. This is I've, I've, I mean, I understand where people are coming from because they haven't been taught and they don't, they don't understand what the Word says. But I'm telling you, going to church as a young person, when I was in college and then, uh, you know, ever since, that was never something that I was like, all right, I'll go tonight, sit, what do you got? It, it just was not like that. I was excited to go because I knew I was going to get something I expected to come and get direction, get revelation. My life just kept going up because I would get the answers that I needed. And I knew my pastors didn't know, you know, they don't know everything, but he's touching on something because I know he can't, he can't convey it in the way it's being conveyed inside because he's speaking the word, but on the inside, God's speaking to me. Through the gift and the anointing. And that excited me. I had somebody say to me once, what, you really, you're, you like going to church? I was like, uh, I like, I, I wouldn't miss it. Because it's life. This is not a game. If you understand what's going on. And the Spirit of God, through His Word, directing and guiding His children and knowing what's going on. That's why He set this up the way He did. He uses men. He anoints men and women. His Word is anointed. But then He anoints men and women to come and to share it and for it to quicken and guide and help His children get where they need to go. That's not the only facet of relationship with God, but it's a very important thing. And so, you kid me? I was there basically every time the doors were open. Praise God. I was excited about going to church because it wasn't just church. It was walking with God. It was the next steps Where's God going? Well, this is what he had me doing. I'm there. What? And I just, just get, get nourishment, get direction, keep going up. What do you want me to do? Just serving. And just, just it, it, like I said, it was never just an organization it, or something like that. It was, I am going to receive help and nourishment and direction for what God had for me. Hallelujah. God is so faithful and he's so good and he's so real. What is there out there in the world that compares to knowing him and walking with him on the pathway that he has for us? 
There is nothing. What is all this? This world, what, why was man created to fellowship with God? Well, it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed, not in 2019. It's the same thing. Yeah, there's a lot of busyness and a lot of things men have created. And, oh, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. And, you know, there's just all the stuff people do. You know what? We need to be very careful with all that stuff because the end of it is walking with God. Yeah, there's stuff. There's always stuff to do. There's always stuff that we need to do. But where is it in relation to what just walking with him and doing what he would have us to do? Hallelujah. It's exciting to walk. You guys realize you're in the middle of walking with the Almighty? This isn't just, well, you know, what is it? July 14th, 2019, just another day. This is right in the middle of our lives walking with him. We are born, hopefully we're born again, and then we're going to go on, and I don't know how long this thing is going to go. I don't know when Jesus is going to come back. If he doesn't go, we're going to live out our lives, but that's not going to be real long, and then we're going to see him. And then that's going to be it. We ha we're on a journey. Every one of you, and everybody hearing this on, on, the re, on the recording is on a journey with him. Every people say, well, you know, life's journey. There's a lot of people that are confused on their journey. They have no clue that there's a God in heaven that loves him and has given himself for me. And they're just wandering around doing stuff. But if we know God, if we're with him and we're walking with him, then we are on a path right now. This is just another step in the path on what the path God has for us to do what he would have us to do on this earth before we see him face to face. This is important. Always. So there's never a time. I know our flesh sometimes is like, eh, you know, I don't know if I want to go to church. You know, and you, some of you know it's true. The times you don't need to, you don't feel like going to church, the times you don't feel like reading your Bible, the, feel, the times you don't feel like praising God is exactly the time you need to do those things. We have all been there. We all have flesh where it's like, I don't want to read my Bible. It feels so dry. But that is exactly when you need it. More. If you're feeling like that, that should be a red flag. That should be flashing lights. You need to read your Bible. If you're, if, you're flesh, if you're saying, I don't want to, that is a sure sign you need to. If you're saying, oh, I just don't want to go to church. Oh, don't, do not listen to that. There are so many times where, you know, your flesh, I, there was times when my flesh was like, oh, this is inconvenient, I'm tired or whatever, but I'm telling you I would go, and I saw it so many times where the word that came forth was something I needed and God knew, and I'm so glad I went. Time after time after time after time, you get to where Oh, no, I may, may miss these other things, but I am not missing God speaking to me. Because it is not a checkbox. People that are doing it religiously don't have the life in front of them. They don't understand what's going on. 
Because if you understand this is vital, this is something I need, something God is going to speak to me in a way. He's going to quicken me. He's going to help me. He's going, I'm going to walk out of there built up and strengthened and encouraged and get deposits that I need for down the road. I may not even know when I need them. But he does. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. 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 He loves us. Everybody say, God loves me. He loves me. Say it like you mean it. He loves me. Oh, say it again. He loves me. He loves me. God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, loves me. Loves me. He cares about me. He helps me. He looks out for me. He sees ahead. And he makes provision. He provides all I need. Praise God. He's a good shepherd. He's a good, 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 good shepherd. He watches over his sheep. Amen. Amen. Praise God. He is good. He is good. Glory to God. Well, let's read. We started a series. Let's read Ephesians 2, verse 1. Praise God. Are you okay? We started a series that we're calling By Grace Through Faith. Ephesians 2.1, let's read this passage of Scripture again. In you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the son of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Now, re just look at this in light of what we've been saying. Go back to verse 1. And you he made alive who were once dead in trespasses and sins. Go ahead, verse 2. In which you once walked according to the course of this world. See, he's talking to people saying, you, once, you used to live like this. You used to live basically like everybody else lived. According to the prince of the power of the air, that's Satan. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Verse 3. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. So he's saying, you, you, you know, once you were just like everybody else. You're just doing whatever your flesh wants to do, whatever your mind wants to do. Basically, live in... Like people without God. Verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy. Everybody say, rich in mercy. God is rich in mercy. Rich. Rich. He's rich in mercy. What does that mean? Does that mean he's just a little, little merciful? Just have a little mercy? When you're rich. What does it mean when something is rich? Like you're rich food. You have a rich ice cream. It means it's, it is substantial. 
I don't like ice cream that doesn't taste like ice cream. Amen. What is the point of eating it? I'd rather have a spoonful of good ice cream than a whole bowlful of junk. Anybody with me? Amen. I mean, you give me a good, I'll break that, I'll let that thing melt, I'll just be eating a little bit at a time. If you give me a spoonful of good stuff, the other stuff, if it's light and doesn't have that richness, it's just sugar. Maybe they did it with like skim milk or something. I mean, what's the point? I want ice cream. Rich, good, and I like chocolate. Mocha chip. There's different mocha chips. I like a specific one. Very well, I like chocolate chip. But anyway, ice cream is good. You want it rich. This says God is what in mercy? That means it's not dumbed down. He is rich, rich, rich in mercy. That means it's just not just a little bit of mercy. Not like, all right, your two times are up. Get out of my face. It's, he's rich in mercy. He's merciful. Thank God he's rich in mercy. Thank God he's not, you know, lightweight, merciful, merciful in name only. He's rich in mercy. That means he, he is full of mercy. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Everybody say great love. Great love. With which he loved us. Say this. God loves me. With a great love. Is that just a little love? No, that's, he loves you a lot. A lot, a lot. And he is rich in mercy. This is not a mean God. This is not a God that just leaves you up to just whatever, you know, you can do. The Bible says right here, we were... The people that, that Paul's talking to, you were just walking like everybody else, but God who is rich in mercy and he loved you so greatly, he, because, just jumping ahead, because these people believed on him, just let him do what he already wants to do. Because what we're reading here is his character. Do you understand? He wants to be this way to everyone. That's his heart. He is so rich in mercy, so uh, he loves everyone with a great love, but we just have to let him do what he wants to do. He wants to do exactly what he's saying here for everyone. God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive with Christ. So we were dead. We were dead. We were like the world, and we were dead in trespasses. That means we were sinful. We didn't have anything to offer. We're just there in a puddle of our own yuck, and he comes to the scene. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Sit together. We were nothing. 
we were not uh, qualified in and of ourselves. We were doing what everybody else was doing. And he said he took us and he brought us up and he made us sit together with Jesus. Do you understand? That's a throne of authority. With Jesus, the Son of the living God. He took us and didn't just bump us up to a little seat. He took us and he seated us with Christ, with Jesus. This is not a religious term. This is not just talking about some, you know, thing that we believe that's just of no consequence. This is what happened when we believed on him. He took us out of the junk we were in and put us up next to Jesus. How you can't get any higher. It, all that all that's between where we were and Jesus, we just skipped over all that and he put us next to Jesus. Because he is rich in mercy. Because he loves us so greatly. Hallelujah. He loves us. There's no, there's no doubt here. There's no speculation. He didn't just move us up a little. He moved us up next to Jesus. So when our minds question, well, does he really love me? This should be putting that to death. The thoughts are wrong. God can't prove it any more than he has. He can't put you any higher than next to Jesus, the son of the living God. And whether we know it or not, that's where we're seated as Christians. That's where we are. That's fact. Verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Notice that, that in the ages to come. So for ages, he is going to be showering his exceeding riches on us. It says to show us the exceeding riches of his grace. In his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That in Jesus, that was the manifestation, that was the representation of his exceeding riches, of the exceeding riches of his grace, of his love, in his kindness toward us. That's his love and his kindness and grace were shown in Jesus. And reality is toward us now. Verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in in them. This God who loves us, he has a great love and is rich in mercy and has exceeding riches of grace and kindness 
toward us. He created us for good works that, before, that He created us that we should walk in these works that He created beforehand. He prepared them beforehand. He saw ahead in your life and say, said, these are the things I'm going to prepare for them to walk in. This God that is gracious, that is merciful, that is rich in kindness. He prepared these works that we could walk in them and walk with our heads held high, seated next to Jesus. Before we ever had done anything meriting that kind of treatment. He took us up and seated us next to Jesus and he has a path for us, for us to walk on that he has prepared for us to be satisfied and fulfilled and excited about what he is doing. Hallelujah. It says that we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Do, do, do you realize that God has works already prepared for you to walk in? He has already set the path. He has already put a path for each person and, and prepared a way for us to walk in His path. Well, you have to know there is no better path you could walk in. What path are you going to come up with that's better than the path that He has already prepared beforehand for you to walk in? The one who is rich in mercy, loves you greatly, that it says that he wants to shower or show the exceeding riches of his grace in kindness that he showed in Christ Jesus, that God has prepared a path for you. Now, are you going to take, or would we want to take that path or some other path that we came up with? This God who knows everything and that we've said is so loving and merciful and gracious and took us when we had done nothing. He says, I've prepared a path. Well, that sounds like if you prepared it and you're that way, I want to see this path. Why would I want any other second, third, fourth, fifth, hundred, thousandth other path? Why do you want the path that somebody's going to run some, you know, study on you or some run, you know, take some inventory and figure out, well, here's what we think you would be good at. Or here's the advice, knowing everything about you, I think you should do X. Do you know how inferior that is to the path that God has for you? So God, the one that has created everything, knows everything, said, I prepared for you these works. I prepared a path for you. I know what you're made of, period. I know what's in you. I know where your limitations are. I know how you're going to overcome those limitations. I know how I've created you. I know your strengths. I know everything about you far more. Every nook and cranny. There is nothing he doesn't know. There's no blind spot. There's no process inferiority like, well, you know, if you use this method, you get these results and we could get a pretty good path for you. But, you know, the, the downfall of that path is sometimes these parts are shortfall. But if we use this other method, we'll get this kind of path. But, you know, it might be kind of short in this area. There's none of that. That has to do with how men analyze things. 
But God says, do you understand? He sees, he sees everything. And he doesn't have to study it. He just knows everything about you. And everything about your future. And everything about your past. And everything about everybody you will ever come in contact with. And everything about every place on the planet. He knows everything about everything, and he said, you go on this path. You talk about crunching data? There isn't anything on the planet that can crunch that much data. Do you know how many decision points there are there? All the interactions. We have simulations, you know, people run simulations of, of different things. That, the magnitude of that, every decision that you make, every little bit, all those that affect your life, and every decision that everybody else that will ever have any impact on your life, whether you meet them personally or not, every person that's ever going to make any decision that will make any product that you use, or any book that you ever lay your, hand, your eyes on, or add any legislation that's ever going to happen in the future, or anything that will ever affect you. He knows every part of everything like this. It's an open book to him. It's just as like, just like you could look at one word on this and see exactly what it says. Grace, you can see that. That's the way everything is to him. That's five letters to you, and you say, I can focus on that. He can focus on everything like that, and it's, it's just as easy for him. And that didn't even begin to tap his resources. And that's just this planet. You know how small this planet is? He knows everything about every interaction in the entire universe. You know the type of numbers we're talking about? It just blows our mind. Yet he knows every space in space, every little place, just, just huge. And your life is so small compared to all that, and he knows exactly what you need to do. So for us to go, yeah, that's good, but I think I'll do this. What? Huh? The one that loves us, the one that has seen everything. Now we have a good, good father beyond anything we can even comprehend. That type, I mean, the being that God is, is beyond our comprehension. And we are communicating with him right now. He's talking to us. He's leading us. He's guiding us. That's amazing. Hallelujah. So he said, in verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are His work and workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
Hallelujah. By grace, you have been saved. By grace, you have been saved. Praise God. Glory to God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Oh, guys, he is so amazing. He is so awesome. And he loves you more than you know. More than you can think. More than you can comprehend. Praise God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Lord, we worship you. We magnify you. Lord, we thank you that your heart is toward us. We thank you that your heart is toward us. We thank you that your mercy is over us. We thank you that your help is available to us. Oh, we thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Just let him minister to you. We'll just take a little bit of time here. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, God. Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you're faithful. We thank you that you are faithful. Lord, we thank you for your help. 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 Praise you, God. We thank you for your help. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to you, God. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians 2, verse 8. 
in the Amplified. I want to read this to you. It says, For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. I'm going to read that again. For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, that you are delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. Everybody say gift. Everybody say gift. Gift. It is a gift. God, this magnificent being that we've been talking about, we can't earn his favor. We can't strive to obtain his attention. This God offered salvation as a free gift. Not because of anything we earned. It is because he sent Jesus who was the expression of his love and his grace and the exceeding riches of his grace toward us, his kindness toward us, and he offered it as a free gift. Praise God. This is how we are to live and walk in our lives. If we received salvation, if we received it, this free gift, and it was His favor that bestowed it on us. We believed it and we received it. We just acted on what He said and we received something we could not earn, we could not merit, that we could not pull from, that we could not twist the arm of the Almighty, but He gave it to us as a gift. Guys, we're supposed to walk our lives just like that. His help is here. His help is available. His help is available. His grace is always available. Colossians 2.6, you don't have to put it up, says, As you have received Christ Jesus, so walk in Him. Lord, we thank you so much for your free gift. We thank you so much for your help. We thank you so much for your kindness toward us. Lord, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for helping us.